Alrighty, welcome back. Another episode of Host Fade and Cheesesteaks. Usual suspects, myself, Dakota, Timothy. How are flesh, we? Rocking the green post phase and cheesesteaks TIC. Always, baby. I'm yeah, not going to lie. I like shirts that like have that nice, flexible cotton Ooh, fabric. Nice, nice material. I got to yes. give you, the guy making the shirts did a good job. Because you know when you get those shirts that just like, they make you look stronger and better in shape than you actually are? Like, you know, they, <laughs> they just kind of hold you out well. Like, this is one of those shirts. I'm not going to lie. I do like to, uh, after I get a good gym pump in, throw this shirt on it. Like, it's a good, like, you know, it. It's a good wrap around the body. It, lo- yeah. it makes you, looks a little better. Yeah, Nick said he wears his to the gym, so. It is nice. I got to say, right. it's a good, like, you want a flex shirt, like, make it look like you got bigger <laughs> muscles than you are. This is a good shirt for it. And what, you got another one of your Oktoberfest beers there? Starting yeah, forward? working my way through the uh, the Yang lines. What do nice. you got? Cape May. Uh, we want Cape May. I'm in a good Cape May kick, so it's the 10-year anniversary. You're a big Cape May guy, huh? I like Cape May. I've been to the brewery. I highly recommend it. It's a good oh, time. I have not. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's on the water. Is there. it actually good... in Cape May? Yes. Okay. That's kind of why they named I it. I mean, you would hope, you know. Yeah, it, it would only make too much sense, right? Yeah, naturally. Did you finish <laughs> your, uh, what was it, your 12 uh, Viardi pack? I did, yes. I actually finished it that, the last time we did uh, the, the podcast. Did you make so a ranking was... for it? You know, I I liked, I, there was a couple I liked. The hazy IPAs were pretty good. The, the tropical milkshake, and then there was another milkshake one. Was the, yeah, it just was really weird. It wasn't bad. I, I mm. definitely don't think milkshake was the first thing that popped in my head. Yeah. Um, it kind of just tastes like a tropical, like, heavy IPA, if that makes sense. Um, but, well, I, I mean, really? to be... I would have figured a milkshake was a little like smoother or creamier, but it's it was heavier on the hops. I don't like that. No, no. I mean, not, not heavier on the hops. I mean, like it was like an IPA, but had a heavy feel to it, like heavy mouthfeel, like creamy kind of like, you know. The, oh, so yeah, that is how yeah, I would. Yeah, that's what I meant by heavy uh, IPA. It wasn't super hoppy, but they had a couple of seltzers in there that I actually really enjoyed. They were very nice, hmm. light, fruity. It's good. So overall, can't go wrong. Like you said, you have 12 different beers in a 12 pack. You're going to find something you like. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a. Uh... Not the biggest, um, much more calls it seltzer fan. It's just very, uh, very hit and miss for me. I like them in certain situations, like sitting out in the sun, being by water, like seltzer's delightful. It's just something light, refreshing. Uh, I'm a big fan. I, I, I'm not drinking them all night, but seltzers are better than any beer you can find, including light beer, to drink out in the sun or in the water. They're just the perfect daytime drinking um, choice, in my opinion. They're light, they won't ruin you, and they don't, you know, make you feel bloated or heavy. I mean, I guess, I don't know, I, I thought there was a funny, um, I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was, uh, I found it. Someone was like, <laughs> drinking uh, seltzers is like you're drinking TV static while someone in the other room is shouting the flavor of the fruit. Like, it's, I, just, ugh, it's just nasty. It's not wrong, but you know what? It's still nice. It does the job and it makes you happy. And I will not, I don't drink seltzers if the sun is down. It's only a sun up kind of beverage. If the sun isn't up, then I'm not drinking seltzers. That's just kind of my rule. But daytime, catch me on the beach by the pool. There is no better choice than seltzers. You heard it here first, folks. It's the way to do it. No one drinks seltzers after sunset. That's just, it's just idiotic. Just drunk white girls, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's get to the good stuff. We didn't come here to debate the whether seltzers are good or not. This is true. I mean, we definitely could debate that, but that would go on for a while. So, but it's true. 
we will be doing our top 10 offensive tackles for the 2021 upcoming season. Uh, you know, one of the, you know, generally the offensive line, defensive line are some of the more unheralded positions because they're not the fancy skill players and don't have big plays and all that. But you'll see some of the greatest athletes in sports on the offensive line, particularly a tackle, what some of these guys are able to do. Um, so <clears throat> without further ado, Tim, who you got for honorable mentions? I have four. So four. I, I think when we started this, we agreed we would do two, and somehow yours just keeps creeping up. What did we do? Six. Just, you had six I, last week. <laughs> yeah, I just like to mention, you know, that not really just honorable mention, but they're like, you know, just give it, give an eye. Like, hey, these guys doing you know good. What, you, good job. You, you're a big supporter <laughs> of participation trophies. I'm I, sure. You know, I actually. It's funny you say that because uh, in grad school at Temple, I actually had to uh, uh, give a presentation in a law class. Um, me and my partner, one of us had to take the side for giving out participation trophies and the other one had to give it for, uh, why they shouldn't. And I was on the side for participation trophies. It doesn't surprise <laughs> that me. Was a, I had a PowerPoint and everything. It was phenomenal. Really? phenomenal. Yeah. Shout out Brian McKeever. Him and I, uh, duked it out. So I'm going to, without even being there, I'm going to slide on the other side and take McKeever's stance on this. Yeah, probably. Fair yeah. Enough. He was, uh, I mean, I, I was like pretty on the fence, like, yes, in some cases, no, when she hit a certain age, but he was just like, stupid. <laughs> I was like, all right, PowerPoint ended. So fair enough. That's all yeah. you need to do. That's kind of, I wish some arguments would be like that. When I tell you your points are stupid, I wish they would just stop you and you could just all right. correct Nice there. segue there. So let's get into your, your mention. All right. Yeah. So my two guys, um, one is a young guy. The other guy is a young guy as well, but he's a young guy that started rough in his career, who is now starting to turn it around, had a very solid year last year. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. So my first one, my first final mention is actually coming off his rookie season and it's hard to do better than uh, the rookie season he had. Obviously, you've heard my arguments about, you know, the, the perks of winning a Super Bowl and how it affects oh. your individual grade. Oh. So, you know what, when you're blocking and when, when you're one of those bookend blockers for the greatest football player to ever play, that is a pretty cool moment in anyone's career to then go on and win a Super Bowl in your rookie mm -hmm. year, blocking mm -hmm. for the greatest football player to ever play. Uh, that's got to be something, you know, I, I would imagine that he's already peaked in his NFL career. Like the, the happiness and joy, I, I, I think it's going to be hard for him to replicate after his first season, but Fair. Tristan Worfs, he's an honorable mention this year. I wouldn't be surprised this guy comes becomes a fixture on this list from for the rest of his career. He was very good from the start. That offensive line was very good in general. Obviously, Brady helps him because he never gets sacked and he gets rid of the ball when he needs to. Mm -hmm. But don't underestimate the run game was good, especially in the playoffs. He played a big part. Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of pressure coming in as a rookie and um, starting one of those tackle spots and protecting for a guy like Brady. So he handled it really well. I thought he was great all year. I'm surprised um, i actually uh i also had him in my honorable mentions i thought you were gonna grill me for that i thought you were gonna have him in your top 10 so nah you know what i, I did think about that your your voice did come up in my head where oh, i'm glad i had the rookie. Rookie. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so you know i but you know what it was a rookie year he was good but i think the overall offense line is very good and i definitely think tom brady is the is any offensive lineman's best friend that guy That's just true. gets rid of the ball whenever he needs to and he's so smart so, uh, you know, you got to you got to put that into effect as well. But he's very good. And like I said, I wouldn't surprise if he's on this list a lot from going uh, going forward. Fair. Um, my next honorable mention 
he's a guy that struggled a lot in the beginning of his career and kind of turned around. I think last year was kind of the first year he started putting them together. He's yeah. in, it was in the second year with his new coach. Uh, okay. Overall, the offense put it together a lot uh, better, you know, as a whole. Kyler Murray has led the league, you know, it's in sacks. I would think it was his rookie year or the year before that. Uh, mm-hmm. And his offensive line did not do him any favors when he entered this league. And the Cardinals in general have been a very poor uh, offensive line team. Um, but, you know, they kept this guy, gave him a contract. They drafted him and everything. So DJ Humphreys, okay. who I believe was a top 10 pick, had a good year. It's just some of the stuff, like he put it together. He gave up three sacks, 23 pressures, which is, you know, better than what he was doing. The seven penalties he had, which is still very high, was also an improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a very good run blocker. That's kind of what um, really drew my attention, even put him in the list, is how good he is his run blocking. It's the uh, – because he was third, actually, of all offense tackles in run blocking from PFF. He had a 90.8 grade, which that'll catch your eyes. The 79.9 in pass blocking, now that's the concern, considering he's a left tackle – and then and the penalties and the other stuff, which they are an improvement over the other years. They're still not top 10 yet. He's right there. And I think that he had if he keeps getting better from what I saw last year, yeah. I think that he could definitely be in this list uh, coming soon. So definitely a guy on the rise, but he's got to do it. Like you said, he's got to do it for me more than once. <laughs> Fair enough. I like it. Uh, so that was two. Who else you got? That was no, no, I only did two. Like I said, I don't do participation trophies. Huh, fair enough. Uh, so my, I'll just be quick with mine. Um, I hope so. Luan, the Titans tackle. I had him, I think at number 10 last year. Um, still a great player. Love, love the tattoos and the visor look. Uh, he's all swagged out on the field, but um, just had to bump him out a little bit just because I felt a little more talent this time. Um, Tristan Worse, like you said, um, solid, solid rookie year, won a Super Bowl, was a starter on that team, like plugged in. He was plug and play right away. And I think if I'm not mistaken, last year we did talk about him and then um, the Browns offensive lineman who got drafted too. And we said, both those guys will probably start for their teams. And, you know, if they do well, their teams will have success. So yeah, both those teams did pretty well. I let yeah, Willis, Willis being the guy from the Browns. Will, Wills and worse. Yeah. Yeah. He did good. He's just, I mean, he led the league in, in the, uh, he led the league with penalties with 11 of them. So that's a lot. I mean, obviously there's other good things to look at. Yeah. yeah, He was durable. He played, he, yeah, the running game was a complete success and offense in general was a success this year. So, I mean, he's a guy he's getting better. 11, 11 penalties for rookies, not the end of the world. No, no, you want it. You'd rather have it early in their career than, you know, later. Um, So those two or those three, yeah, those two, another young guy who's, starting to really cement himself as one of the most well well-rounded um tackles in the league uh taylor morton from the panthers i think he's got um i think next year he'll really turn it up um you know cement himself like i said is a really great all-around player like you know, passing and, and run blocking he's he's doing really well and mm-hmm. then the last guy just wanted to shout out the temple boy Deion dawkins of the bills i think he's a very very solid starting uh, tackle for the bills and obviously uh, I, helped josh allen get a lot of success this year so i do like Deion dawkins a lot um i actually like a lot of the guys you mentioned um moton was one that had i gone more than two honorable mentions i would have thrown him in there but yeah i, I think he is on the cusp of a very big year now his name's kind of getting out there offensive lineman it's tough you got to get your name out there yeah. first and then you start getting like it's tough to just come in and just dominate and get the recognition right away you know you got to like kind of 
be really good to get your name even noticed as an offensive lineman and then people notice and then you got to keep it up so um that was yeah i feel like a lot of times too like especially with tackles at least from what i recall like we've seen like them go from either like you know a bust or you know an average player go to another team with a new coaching staff new players around them and they've actually like changed their careers around um so some of these players you know I, i think one of them in my list is got a new coaching staff around him that helped him, you know, get a lot better, but yeah, it's just, it's so hard to just say, Oh, he had a really good rookie year. He's going to be great the next 10 years, you know? So. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear that. I like it. Uh, obviously, I mean, Luan was another one. He's not on my list this year. He was number nine last year. Yeah. Um, again, there's a couple other guys that I liked, uh, but he's stalled. Yeah. Stallworth. He's one of those big names. That's very good. Yeah. Um, but with that said, let's get into my top 10. Let's get it cooking. So it's funny because I didn't even realize this until I looked at my list from last year. My 10 and 9 are two guys that I'm pretty much going to say the same exact thing about because they're both, I think, elite players okay. coming off injuries from last year. Ah. And they're veterans on the other side. You know, they're getting up there in, in their career, but I still think they're elite tackles. Um, and how funny this was i had them at number five and four last year i think your 10 and nine are my eight and nine (laughs) in a yeah in exact order it was my four and five last year and i just moved them to nine and ten this year but the first one being number 10 uh i went with lane johnson the right tackle for the eagles he's he's an elite right tackle he's one of the best in the league he's arguably been the best in his you know career when you Mm. look at look at it um i believe he's you know three-time pro bowler an all pro thrown in there as well yeah him is this it's just the injuries and again it's it's one of those things especially with offensive linemen i feel like you notice it more than anything is when they're not on the field you notice how important they are when you see what their backup is when you see how much different and how much more challenging it is for the offense to succeed when that guy's off the field and i think that's lane johnson um, we've seen it. And even when he was suspended, we saw that that was the last time I think he really missed some major time. Yeah. Um, and they struggled. And obviously the Eagles have had a lot of injuries over their time uh, on the offensive line in the last couple of years, uh, him being one of them. And he's still, I think, an elite offensive lineman. He's only, he's only 30, 30, 30 years old. So I think he's still got plenty of time to keep going. His PFF grade pass blocking uh, wasn't bad at all. It was, uh, I think, 12th overall. It was, again, 83. It was the 59.7 in his run blocking that really killed him. He did not have a great run blocking year, but that is also something that I think is more of an anomaly. I've seen him be a very good run blocker for most of his career. I think that one year was maybe just, listen, his his guy right next to him, his tag team partner, was out before the season even started. I do think that hurt him um, when Brooks went down, but – yeah. This is me banking on he's healthy next year, and if he's healthy, he's an elite uh, offensive lineman. I agree with all those things. Um, I actually had, like I said, I do have him in my list um, coming up soon, but my number 10 is a guy who I uh, actually just kind of touched on him, was almost at bust level for a while, and then this past season had a nice bounce-back campaign. Um, I think a lot of it was attributed to, like, new coaching staff around him, new offensive line coach and stuff. So, uh, and I think that offense is poised depending on the quarterback play to be really solid. And I hope so because one of the receivers is on my fantasy team, but oh. I went with Garrett Bowles of the Denver Broncos here at number 10. Okay. Uh, second team all pro this year. So, you know, 
obviously was very well regarded this season. Um, PFF actually had him at a 90.6 grade, which was third at the left tackle position or right tackle for coach side he plays on. Um, he also had, uh, what was this? Fewer, he had, I mean, before I get dyslexic on us, he oh, looked here we go. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I was gonna try and like, you know, cliff note it, but I'm just gonna read it because it's messing up with my brain. He led all tackles on the year in total starts with one or fewer pressures allowed, which was at 12, which was third best among that group. Um, so basically, you know, he holds his blocks. He's not preventing people from getting to the quarterback and AKA Drew Locke, giving him more time to hopefully get better. Um, but yeah, I'll I touched think- Teddy now. They already put, they already went with Bridgewater. Really? Yeah, where you been? You, know, you, didn't, you didn't see him? You too busy this? listening to the Kanye West album all I was. I was listening to Kanye West all day. What Touchdown was the... Teddy's the future. Wow. Well, at least for this season. I mean, I mean Drew Locke's pretty bad. I, I really I, think I... that he must have been terrible because you really think that the Broncos really wanted him to work out. I mean, they didn't draft him too high. It was second round, I think it was. Uh, but you know what? There was weapons there. Yeah. There's an offense there. I think the team in general is ready to go. It's just they're missing a quarterback. And I think they really wanted Luck to work out. And he must have really laid an egg because they did announce that touchdown Teddy's going to be the start of this year. Well, look at Tim with the inside. I didn't I didn't know that. I don't follow the Broncos that closely, but I did not see that. I, I think that was that's the right move. I think Bridgewater is a better Bridgewater's not bad. Like he wasn't bad with the Panthers. He just wasn't helping them win games when they needed when they were in close games you just couldn't yeah, finish he's, yeah, he's, he's not gonna win your games but he's not gonna lose your games and I agree, listen, yeah I, that's a good I, way to put it i listen to everything i know what's going on everything in this league with all 32 teams i do it for our fans i see you're not you know up to date and prepared <laughs> but hey who's surprised by that i do it for the people that listen that i'm educating i would yeah, be insulting yeah, yeah. for me not to be to come prepared every time so here i am with more knowledge than anyone could ever dream of so is that the end of your number 10 that is the end of my number 10. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So like I said, Tyron Smith, my number mm-hmm. nine, I, you know, I, he has a similar argument as Lane Johnson, an elite offensive tackle. There is no question about it. Again, another guy coming off injuries. He played two right. games last year, but this guy was a seven time. He was a pro bowler of the last seven years in a row before the injury year with two all pros thrown in between the last four years before this year. Um, this 2020 season, he played 13 games. So he obviously started showing some injury problems. And I mentioned that when we did the, uh, the rankings last year, I think that's actually why I bumped him out of my top three was the injury concerns. Cause they were starting to battle of our pop-up mm. this year, obviously, you know, or last year, obviously he missed pretty much the entire season, which you saw with the Cowboys, they suffered mightily. Zeke had the worst year of his career. They really couldn't do anything on offense. Obviously, they lost Dak, but I think losing um, the offensive line was a huge part of that as well. Mm. Again, going back to what I said, like you appreciate offensive linemen more when they're gone. Um, But this guy is still – he's been arguably the best left tackle in the NFL in his career. He's, again, 30 years old, just like Lane Johnson. Um, But I'm still banking on when he's out there and he's healthy, he's still an elite left tackle. I'm more worried about his injury history now and him going forward. Obviously I was worried about it last year and this year he didn't do anything to, you know, prove me otherwise. So that is definitely a concern and that's why he's down. He is a top five, top three talent. Easy. It's just the injury concerns that bump him down. And I can't confidently say that this guy's going to stay healthy a whole year because I wasn't even saying it last year. And then he went and had the 
the worst injury of his career with the neck surgery, I believe it was, which is never anything good. You never want to see a neck injury. I think we talked about that with Daniel Hunter, who had a similar injury. Necks and backs, man, do not do anything with the necks and backs because those yeah. are injuries you don't want to deal with. I think nowadays, I mean, with where modern medicine is, I wouldn't be surprised if we have a, you know, just a vitamin athletes can take when they tear their ACL just to grow a new one overnight. <laughs> but the neck and the back, those are the things that really trip you up. Um, but that's why number nine, um, who'd you got there? Yeah, no arguments there. So I got, uh, my, my eight and nine. So I'll actually, I'll cut the line here. So my eight and nine are, uh, I, I like to call them the six pack brothers. Oh. So we got, we got Lane Johnson at number nine the okay. birds, and then at number eight, I have Tyron Smith. So, oh, so we're very close. And yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I, I don't have anything else to really add. I think you all hit, hit them on the nail, but it was really just, I think I'd lean at four and turns with it three last year. Um, I just looked at it and I was like, there's only so many times you can say, well, this player is fully healthy. They're the best at like, yes, those two are elite, elite tackles when fully healthy. But matter of fact is they have not been fully healthy. And like lean hasn't played a full season in what, like four seasons. Yeah. Like he just cannot stay on the field. So I yeah. can't keep I can't keep putting him top five if he's only going to play eight games a year, you know. And so, I mean, in the games he played last year, he only allowed one sack, he only had two penalties, um, and he, overall his like you know pass blocking was really good, ranked out like top eighties, um, you know across the board with rest of the tackles in the league. But I yeah, it's it's just like you said, he's getting older, um, he's just always having ankle problems and stuff. So I. Had to put him at nine. And then Tyron Smith. Um, funny story how I actually figured it. So last year I made the joke about Lane Johnson having a six-pack. Mm. And then I found out Tyron Smith uh, entered training camp also with like a borderline six-pack. Because um, I was like, I was looking through, I had my list. And then I always look through rankings to see like where other people had people. And I was like, where's Tyron Smith on all these lists? Like nobody had him like in the top 10 for a lot of these like pff had them like in the 20s i think or like the 18s or something yeah and i'm just like well like why are people like just sleeping on him all of a sudden like he's a veteran he's always been top five he's just been you know a little injured here and there somehow i came across you know uh tyron smith off-season six-pack pictures not that i was in my search results but i doubt it came that, up gone yeah it wasn't i didn't search that specifically trust me i would i would assume if i go on your google search history it's offense alignment six packs uh close-up <laughs> shots of uh you know shirtless offensive linemen yeah. i just honestly in life i just want to find someone that looks at me the way you look uh the way you look as happy as you do when you talk about offensive linemen with six packs, you glow up, you brighten up. The smile is so big. It is, <laughs> it is good to see. It's refreshing. You know, no, but you know, when like you, you envision an offensive lineman, tall beer gut. And then you see, <laughs> if you saw Lane and Tyron Smith, like just without a shirt on, like with their, you know, football gear, you would, you would not, I feel like you'd think they're maybe defensive end or a linebacker, not a offensive tackle. I just think it's it's cool to see. Like even Brandon Brooks, I know was in like really good shape. He was doing like jujitsu or something. Like a lot of these offensive linemen, like it's not they're just using their their size to uh, you know to their advantage. It doesn't mean they're fat. You know, a lot of a lot of them are just strong as hell. And then just to keep up with that size, they need to be heavy. So 
but it's true hey, you know those two at um eight and nine but like you know i don't ever see them playing a full season anymore just because of how you know the history and their ages now but if those two played a full season i guarantee you they'd be top five again so i yeah i'd agree with you um i think next year we should just do have dakota's top five you know offensive line six packs in the league you know, top this five, seems... uh, offensive tackle bodies in the league this is something for you. I, I think this is something we should look into. Do a whole like body episode. Hey, no, You'll be no, all over no, it. No offensive line shaming on this. You know? Oh no, no. Let them know. Listen, I'm sure. Hey, I don't know how many people would buy a Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition of offensive lineman, but I know that they have one customer in, in Dakota. Oh, I can promise you that. Yeah, what? No, what was it? It was um, ESPN the magazine when that. I don't know if that's still a thing or not. But a couple of years ago, they had uh, the Eagles offensive line. They oh, the body naked. issue. You yeah, remember that? yeah, yeah. The yeah. body edition. Yeah, that was. Oh, that you was were probably you were probably ear to ear happy there. I never. No, I did not. I never got a copy. No. Really, I would have oh. assumed that the posters would be hanging on your wall. No, but if you want to get that sign from me, I'll, I'll gladly hang it up right here behind us. You know, it'll be a nice centerpiece for the uh, podcast. Honestly, your living room does look like it needs a little uh, naked offensive lineman hanging on the wall. Probably. All right. Um. So it's actually funny, and I. I hate to disappoint our guests because I feel like most of them like when we argue and I have to put you in your place, but we had the same exact nine, eight, 10, just in different orders. Cause my number eight oh. is Garrett Bowles. Well, there you go, people. And you know what's in agreement, <laughs> you know, what's even worse is again. And I, I'm going to say the same thing with DJ Humphreys. This was a guy that struggled a lot in the beginning of the year. His, he was bad. First, his first three season, he gave 14 sacks. That's, pretty tough when we're talking about a lead offensive lineman they're not giving up any sacks in a whole season no. um he just looked really bad looked uncomfortable did not look like he knew what he was doing and this year he blossomed he excelled he looked great no sacks allowed yeah uh, i think he only had 13 total pressures he was improved a lot as a run blocker too and that's what's most impressive he might have had one of the most impressive like he, he has his pff grade was top three but mm-hmm. you look at the splits the the 88 in pass blocking and the 87 in run blocking, that's very consistent, very solid. Um, he was only behind my one and two in overall PFF grade. So I think that just shows you how strong his season was. Yeah. And like you said, the fact that he's got a young, inexperienced, often erratic quarterback back there who doesn't make good decisions and he's still, you know, Drew Locke's probably going to be prone to holding on the ball too much or – you know, missing a read, you know, he just shows that he's not really uh, excelling at reading the field and making correct decisions and getting the ball out when it needs to go. And having a quarterback that struggles like that, I, I mean, that's, that's even more impressive that he's able to hold these blocks and Abe yeah. would be successful. Um, he was number 82 in the NFL top 100 countdown, which I thought was pretty good. And again, we mentioned this w- with Humphreys. It's almost like now his name's on the radar. Um, now we want to see what's going to happen now. Yeah. Now teams are going to focus on them. They're going to make uh, plans to pass rush them with, you know, maybe a couple stunts, maybe more than one guy. Um, I think he even, if I'm correct, he was a second team all pro this year as well. Yep, so he was. big banner year for him with awards, top three in PFF and second team all pro and all top 100 for your peers. So that's respect from the mm-hmm. writers, PFF and your peers. So that's all around great season. So number eight for me, um, I just want to see him do it again. Like, and I am not, I don't want to take that because that's like a phrase that you live and die by, by yeah. live and die by. But unlike when you use it with, you know, second year, awesome superstar players, I'm yeah. using it for a guy that struggled for the first three years of career and had one good year. So I want to see it a little bit more. Um, I do think he can do it. 
Um, it's just, you know, let me see it again. Yeah, so, we'll see. We'll see. He's at number eight. Your number seven is? Uh, do you want to switch back since you started? Do you want to go into your seven or do you want me to go? Oh, sure. You know what? We can go back to yeah. that. That's fine. Well, I'm a gentleman, you know? I, you know, you have your moments. Let's say I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Usually you're uh, the one that skips me and I'm trying to make sure I, I stay in character. I don't want to become you. So fair enough. Well, you know, you do a good job of staying in character. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my next guy, he was a top 10 finisher last year. He was uh, actually number eight last year. Uh, I bumped oh. him up one spot this year. Okay. I don't know if that was entirely intentional, but it was just kind of how it worked out. Another guy who like Lane Johnson had an incredible difference in pass blocking and run blocking um, um, stats from PFF. He had an 86 in uh, pass blocking, which was fourth overall by PFF. And honestly, his pass blocking has been his bread and butter since he's entered this league. Um, I think he was one of the top 10 pass blockers when he was a rookie. Mm -hmm. His run blocking, on the other hand, at 62% is left a little bit to be desired. But to be fair, he's on a horrendous team. And his pass blocking numbers are even more impressive because I think his quarterback's a guy that holds on to the ball too much sometimes. Okay. He's got a quarterback's an absolute superstar, and you, uh, you know, he makes those plays where he holds on to the ball, runs around, and you know, sh- makes an incredible strike. So you're like, oh, this guy was a genius for holding the ball. But there's also a lot of times where he holds it too long. The team's in trans- transition, but this is obviously still an elite player. So my number seven is Laramie Thompson. Ah, okay, okay. I wasn't sure where you were going with that, so. I didn't I wonder know if you were gonna announce a player. I didn't. I thought you were gonna go like Dwayne Brown of the Seahawks. And I was like, uh, uh, you know what? <laughs> I, I thought about it, but Dwayne Brown, I think, is more on the downside of his career. So I don't know Probably, how confident yeah. I am in him going. Also, forward. a former Texan. It's true. So. But um, yeah, Larry Tunsil. He's been arguably a top ten off the tackle since he's entered the league as a rookie. Yeah. Um. Obviously, he was part of that huge trade that just keeps on netting draft picks for the uh, for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And I think you can honestly say that the downfall of the Texans and to where they are now as arguably the worst run franchise in NFL football right now probably started with that trade. Yeah. Nothing against Laramie Tunsil. He is a superstar player and he fit a huge need the Texans had in not getting Deshaun Watson killed. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's hard to justify to give up two first and two seconds to then sign um, Laramie Tunsil to the largest offensive tackle contract in NFL history that's a lot to give up for an offensive tackle and don't get me wrong. The offensive line is very important, but man, you're talking about something that at the end of the day, do you, do the Texans give up for more for Lamry Tunsil than they're going to get for Deshaun Watson? I mean, you're, you're at franchise quarterback territory, giving up that many draft picks. It was a King's ransom to get Lamry. Yeah. I just, it just made you feel like obviously everyone knew that the Texans needed offensive line help because Deshaun Watson was kind of the situation Joe Burrow was in they this offseason where he was getting crushed and killed. And he, had, he, he was a young quarterback with a lot of promise. But it just makes you feel like, did they even try to negotiate? They just must have said, hey, told all 32 teams, we need an offensive tackle. And the Dolphins are like, well, hey, here, give us this, 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 and that for Lammy Tunsil, and he's yours. Like, all right, done. Like, okay. Yeah, I, I, I like the guy, and I think he gets graded too too unfairly because of the trade because obviously he'd have to right, be he like to live up to it essentially he'd have to single-handedly be bringing them to the playoffs to live up to something like that and yeah. obviously after what the dolphins have been able to do with the draft picks they got and keep on getting more draft picks mm-hmm. it's just even more impressive mm-hmm. uh but overall he's a very solid off the tackle um i like him in that seven eight range the run blocking can improve uh but obviously he's on a very bad team so yeah we'll see but i still think he's an elite uh, left tackle in the game fair enough 
Um, I do have them on my list. He's coming up shortly. Uh, my number seven, though, is a uh, two-time All-Pro oh. who uh, just had his first season finished with his new team after he got the bag. Nice. Um, Always good to get the bag. Yeah. He was formerly of the Tennessee Titans with that ferocious oh. running game. Okay. And then he came over to Cleveland. Yeah. And left his mark and helped establish one of the best running attacks I've seen in a while and one of the best offensive lines in football. So I have Jack Conklin at uh, number seven on my list. Okay. No no big arguments. He's on my list. We'll get to okay. him in a, in, okay. in a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I do, I do good, like good, Conklin a lot. Good numbers. I mean, PFF graded him out 84 overall, 82 passing, 78 run block. So well-rounded uh, tackle. You know, he played 999 snaps. Only had two penalties and two sacks. It's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, he's just, you know, sometimes you see, especially with offensive linemen, you'll see them get, you know, get that big paycheck, excuse me, with another team. And then they kind of either fall off or they just don't perform to that level. And he, I think, exceeded expectations. So, um, but yeah, not too much more to add. I mean, when you had a one-two punch like, you know, Cleveland had and, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb and see the success. They, I mean, they had, they had an open field. They did half the time. They didn't even have to juke anyone. They just. It's true. Yeah. Easily the, the best offensive line. Yeah. Like easily the plows. best offensive line. Yeah. So that's my number seven, Jack Conklin. All right. Fair enough. No complaints there. Um, my number, um, where are we at? Number six. We're at six now. Right tackle. Uh, he dropped a little bit from last year where I actually had him ranked number two overall. And oh. uh, I mean, I feel like it's kind of unfair to criticize him because he mm -hmm. definitely dropped off a little bit, but he wasn't like bad or dropped off really that far. It's just, I think the year before was just unheard of what he was doing. Okay. So he was a second team all pro this year, only gave up two sacks. And that is two more than he gave up the year before. So you're talking about two mm -hmm. sacks in two seasons. And like, again, two sacks is not bad. That's not bad at all. But considering you gave up zero the year prior, it's down year for you. Hmm. So uh, this this ranking kind of hurt me because I feel hmm. like I feel like I pulled a Dakota and bumped hmm. him down for for no reason. Hmm. You know, he went from number two to number six, and I, I really can't is. justify it. But it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't his best year, and that's the way I'll put it. Sure. His PFF stats weren't the greatest either. Um, again, comparing himself, you know, to, to him, himself, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I went with Ryan Ramschek. Oh, look at that. Yeah, he had a he was 75 on pass blocking, 80 on run blocking. That was number He's, six for you. Yeah, he was still very good. I mean, it's impressive what he does blocking as well, because you know, you're blocking for a guy like Drew Brees, who is completely immobile, and then you're also blocking for a guy like Taysom Hill, who does a little bit of everything. Um, he's obviously, I think, a part of the best tackle duo in the league with his teammate coming up on my list at another time. Mm -hmm. But um, again, this is when I made my list, there's always that guy you just don't feel confident about. This was the one I didn't love where I put him, but it's kind of just where it worked out. Okay. And again, I just think I punished him more than I should have comparing him to his other incredible seasons, but he's easily top six. I, I I'm sure you have him higher than I do. And I won't argue a second about that, but very good. You could say, I think, I think Obviously, we mentioned beforehand Mitchell Schwartz wouldn't make the list. Who was my number three last year because he's not currently on a team. Right. You're talking Ryan Ramchick is the best right tackle in football, uh, at least on my list. 
the way my list worked, he is um, the best right tackle I'd ranked. And it's stupid to hold it against him, but I definitely think that there's more weight in being a left tackle. They get paid more. They get better pass rushers. They protect the blind side. So I think maybe that kind of came into a little bit more of my argument, but he's the best in his position uh, in the NFL. And regardless of position, he's one of the best offensive linemen in football as well. I agree. I do have him coming up soon too. Um, my number six, I'm not going to spend much time on this guy because you actually just mentioned him a little bit ago. I have Laramie Tunsil at number six. Um, so he actually moved up a couple spots in my, I think I had him at eight last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I had him at eight. Um, but basically I just looked at it like he got, his penalties still aren't great. He still gave up six penalties, but I think the year before it was like 10 or 11. So yeah, he did at least have he a brought lot. He that down that. a bit. Um, yeah. Still one of the best pass blocking tackles in the league. His run blocking, you know, a little bit to be desired, like you mentioned. Um but overall, like his just athleticism, his quickness is he's just very talented. And I think uh, because of that and because of what, you know, again, like you said, he was given a King's ransom to, to be sent to, to Houston. Um, I don't know if he's lived up to that 100%, but without a doubt, a top 10 tackle. And I just think, um, I think going in this year, he's just going to be uh, at that top six level. I think he's going to, continue to keep the penalties down and uh, i mean with a mobile quarterback like like excuse me mobile quarterback like bridgewater you know the sacks will probably stay low just like they did with uh you know watson so in well actually now i'm not bridgewater now i'm getting my running quarterbacks mixed up you're all over the place he still has watson he still has watson um so yeah he'll uh well, i mean we'll see if he's gonna play but yeah, I think I think Tons will be fine. So fair enough. Yeah. Uh, one little note. I don't, note know, I don't I want... know how I just got over to Bridgewater. That was really weird. You, you, listen, I don't know where your mind goes. I don't know how it gets from point A to point I've only B. Had but one beer. I trust me. <laughs> even when you're stone cold sober, I still think that. Um, before I get to my number uh, five, I believe we're on. Yeah, number five. I do want to mention one other thing. Goes the Rams check. Like I said, he went from zero sacks to two this year. He went from four penalties last year to five penalties this year. So yeah, it wasn't his best season, but again, those aren't bad numbers. Really his five penalties, yeah, his five penalties were half of the amount of penalties that Donovan Smith, aka the left tackle, the Super Bowl winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers had. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, it's it's hardly something to you know kill him on. But so my number five guy you actually mentioned already. Oh, and I think that maybe Bram's checks coming up, and I think we kind of swapped these two guys uh, in our words. He was uh, number 10 overall from PFF with uh, a solid 81.5 in the past blocking grade. This one, I don't believe. This one, I also, I'm now about to throw PFF out the window and not buy into it because this just doesn't make sense to me. He had a 70, or I'm sorry, 78.8 run blocking grade. Considering he was part of, well, the best offensive line unit in football, he was a first team all pro. And he was part of one of the most deadliest rushing ga- attacks I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. I don't buy that stat. He obviously, you mentioned him earlier, got the bag and is balled out since. He's part of a great unit. And I think yep. that unit's only going to help him going forward. So when I talk about his future and coming into the next season, I expect more of what I've expect, what he's given me his entire career. Mm-hmm. From Tennessee to Cleveland, he hasn't missed a beat. He's been incredible at both spots. Uh, so Jack Conklin is my number 10. He's a guy that you're number five. Oh, I apologize. My number five. Uh, He's a guy like we've already said, obviously when you get the bag, people take notice. 
And then obviously once they see you get the bag and they take notice, you come out and you're first team all pro and you're part of a dominant offensive line group. Yeah, I mean, he was on notice and he excelled. He came out bald. He's bald his entire career. And I keep on, I think he's going to keep on doing it. So, I mean, you can make the argument that maybe his, the unit that he's part of, which is the best in football helps him, but this guy's done it in two different teams. The Titans had a nice yeah. offensive line too, but don't don't take it away from this guy. I mean, He's been a baller. Yeah, that line's hard to because this is like you know same thing with Tyron Smith and Lane. Like they both play on top ten lines. You know we're not going to punish them, but I did slightly. I mean Jack Conklin went from you know a phenomenal you know Titans offensive line to a phenomenal Browns offensive line, but I think he had more to do with making the Browns line phenomenal. Oh, um, absolutely. I agree one hundred percent. I'm not too. I don't. Five's fine. I don't, I don't think that's too high. So it, it, bro, it wasn't even on my list last year. It broke right in. But yeah, it wasn't on my list either. Listen, first team All Pro. You had a very. You're part. A big part of the what turned around the Browns. Let's be honest. What's the most important part of the Cleveland Browns right now? It's probably that offensive line because they run the ball. They don't pass, and that's why Baker is in a great element there. Because I don't. Th- I don't think Baker's a bad quarterback. I think that. Baker's in the perfect system for him. It's similar to the mm-hmm. Tannehill and Cousins, where they're run-heavy teams that can see, see, see that, succeed on the ground and let them make plays, the quarterbacks, yeah. off of what they get off that. And you know what? That run game, they have great running backs with Hunt and Chubb, but that offensive line just plows over people and makes it very easy for them to find holes. Fair enough. Um, so your number five? So my number five, this is the first of my teammates, okay. back-to-back teammates coming. Um, and it's a guy you just mentioned who I had at number nine last year. So I think last year I was a little rough on him. You were, uh, I just, I just love when, when I killed you, which I did kill you on this Mm. last year, I didn't stop. That was the main, there's always a stupid thing that Dakota always does every episode. And I'll give you this. You haven't done any of that yet, but Mm. that was your stupid thing that you did in last episode. And I murdered you for it. And I love when we come a year later and you accept the fact that you were completely wrong. So go ahead. Please tell me what I tried telling you last year. Go oh, ahead. don't, don't. Hey, I'll let you have that one player, but I already know on your list, two of your players that you had a lot lower are now higher. And I had them higher last year. So you're learning from me too. Good to we'll see. see. I don't know if I'd go that far, but go ahead. Tell me something. Oh, my number two last year, I think is in your top two. And he was a number six last year. So we'll see. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, so I have Ryan Ramchek here at five. Um, for all the reasons you said, I think, you know, I it's funny that I have him higher than I did last year, but I think that's just uh, based on some other players that may have maybe dropped off, or like I said, with Lane and, uh, you know, Tyron Smith, it's just injury concerns. But Ramchek, I think, I believe he's going into his fifth season now. Um, just been a mo- – him and, you know, the next guy I'm going to mention, just been a monster together. Um you know, he's six, six, 314 pounds of pure animal. Um, he actually, so like you said, last year he had a 90.8 overall grade from PFF, which was first among tackles. Yeah. And then this year it dropped all the way down to 81.6, which, excuse me, 81.6 is still very good. It's just not, like you said, up to his standards. Um, but that being said, I just saw a stat. So ever, since 2006, there's only one other uh, offensive tackle that's had higher grades in their first four uh, seasons from PFF. And that was Joe Thomas, you know, hall of famer of the Browns. One of the best. Very true. To do it. Very true. So he's definitely on a great pace there. 
and I, and you know, PFF's not the end all be all, but it's great for borderline stats and getting a good idea of where players fit in. I mean, PFF's been wrong a lot too, but yeah, for the like, you know, the top elite players, they're pretty consistent. And uh, Ramchek's an elite player, um, but I just have him a little farther behind his teammate, who I also had higher than him last year. So, oh. so who you got it for? My it number be, four. It might be this guy. I think it actually is. So number four, and again, um, I had him, uh, what was it, number seven last year. Mm-hmm. So again, just like his teammate last year, last year he didn't give up any sacks. Uh, this year he was an incredible pass blocker, as he has been his entire career. Mm-hmm. He was uh, number five overall in pass blocking from PFF. I think he was number seven overall offensive tackle in general from PFF. Okay. So a very solid season. What I really appreciated from him, because – you know, this guy's been an injury concern, you know, 2016, he played seven games, 2017, 2018, 10 games a pop. He had 15 games last year, which was what you wanted to see and dominated an elite year from this year. He played 14, you know, you know, missed a game or two, but you know, that's ultimately he played the whole season, had another pro bowl season, mm-hmm. um, continued to excel. He cut down on his penalties, which I really appreciated because obviously it's zero sacks last year, which you, you know can't kill him on, but he had six penalties, which is not ideal. He right. had two penalties this year and was a part of an, you know, another successful offensive year. And again, and I seen things I said about his teammate Ramshack. You're blocking for an immobile quarterback, but you're also blocking for a very unorthodox quarterback. And he gives you a little bit of everything. He's not the best run blocker in the league, but this is guy is an elite pass blocker, and he has been for a while. Uh, where but his run blocking. Like Tunsil, I kind of killed a little bit because his run blocking is pretty awful, but his pass blocking is elite. Yeah. Tyron Armstead, who I have in number four, he's, you know, an elite offensive uh, pass blocker. His run blocking was a 77 on P- on PFF. It's not bad. It's definitely something you can live with. Mm-hmm. Um, but match that with his elite offensive of our, our pass blocking, and that's just what you want in the left tackle. I, maybe I gave him a little – it's weird, and I feel about it kind of bad because Ramchek had a down year compared to the year before, but that was that doesn't mean this past year was a bad year or just the other year was just out of this world. Armstead, yeah. I think, did improve um, from last year, but, you know, I, the improvement is what you want to see. He's more healthy, which was the most important part. And, right. um, you know, he's a solid elite pass blocker in this league and a left tackle that's what you want. And I, I graded – I'll be honest, I graded the left tackles a little bit higher than the right tackles. Just because, listen, you're going against the best pass rushers every single game. Everyone knows it. That's where they put their best pass rusher, and you got to stand up and do it. And he's one of the elite pass blockers in this league, and that's why I put him there. Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> last saw my number four, also Teron Armstead. Oh, look at that. We've we've agreed way too much on yeah, this list. Yeah, I, I don't like Way this. too much. But I'd like to point out, I had him at five last year, ahead of Ryan Ramchak, and you and I think it was Billy was on. Both well, yeah, grilled me idiotic. for having both grilled me for having Armstead ahead of Ryan Ranchek, and I gave you my reasons why. That I think he's just been more consistent. He's just a better, he, better skill set. He's more talented. Oh, just hold, the, on, hold on, hold the on, hold on. Injuries do, have been a little bit of a concern. Do not uh, bring up this argument again. Do not bring this up from last year because you were idiotic for what you're thinking that year. And do not. I'm letting you go now. You're doing a very good job now. Don't re, don't rehash the past and go back mm. to your idiotic ways. Don't try to defend something that you knew was wrong. I don't think it was wrong. I still stand. That's why I still had him ahead because I still stand by what I said. Uh-huh. Maybe for a season wise. Yeah. You know, Ramchak had a better season, but I ranked him as, Oh, what 
what is your, you know, credentials? Oh, what'd you do last year? What are you going to do for me this year? That's how I would rank them. So I still had Toronto instead of head, but yeah, I don't really have much to add. Um, those two have, I feel like kind of quietly been the best duo of tackles in the league for years. Oh, I mean, I mean, it's hard to talk about the offensive line of the Saints when you have Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Drew Brees. Right. I mean, you know, right. what do you? Calvin Kamara's rookie year was offensive rookie of the year, rookie player of the year. Michael Thomas went offensive player of the year in the NFL, and then Drew yeah. Brees is a walking Hall of Famer. You know, it's hard to mention Ramshack and Armstead when you got those guys just doing their thing. Yeah. But so, I mean, he's had a yeah. Last night on Armstead, I mean, he's just had top ten pass blocking grade is all six of his seasons, which is pretty remarkable. So, but yep, yeah, uh, like him before. So now we're gonna crack into the top three, and it sounds like we have the same three. I'm curious if they're in the same order. You know, I'm a little bummed because my number three coming up is a guy I was very curious about where you had him because obviously you punish guys for being hurt for no reason. That makes uh, sense. Uh. Um, I said this before we started. Uh, number one and two, depending on the order, were very easy. One and two, we're going to be only two guys. Sure. And when I looked at the list, I was like, man, yeah. I know one and two who they were. I knew that before I made the ranking. I was like, these other guys had solid years, but can I really justify putting them over the guy I had number year unanimous from all three of us last year? Mm. Considering he did get hurt. He missed <laughs> half the season. Yeah. Um, but – you know, I I couldn't because, you know, what? I'm not a guy that punishes people just because they get hurt. Just because you got hurt last year doesn't mean you're going to be didn't you, you punish, aren't going to be awesome last, Lane next and year. Tyron Smith, didn't you? That's completely different. I don't know. Oh, stop. Those, those are two guys that have injury history All right. that, that have been hurt before. This guy's never been hurt up until this season. He also gave up zero sacks and led the, you know, his offensive line. Well, he led his offense to the highest rushing yard total from any team the year prior and led the, you know, led the charge for his quarterback to win the MVP award. So, yeah, I know I'm talking about something that happened two years ago, but obviously he got hurt last year. So there's not too much to talk about for his last season, but I went with our unanimous number one as on my number three lineman this year. And it's just because he got hurt last year. And that was Ronnie Stanley. I also have Ron Stanley at number three. Fair enough. I was going to kill you on if he wasn't top five and I, I wasn't sure. I, I gave you the benefit of the doubt of this one. I was like, you know what? We unanimously made him number one. There's no way he's going to put him out of the top no, five this year just because he got hurt. There's that, like, right? Because as you say, as you say, you hate, you know, you hate guys with an injury history that are old, as we've seen with Chandler Jones and Van Miller. You love old guys, but unless they have an injury history. Sure. And Ronnie Stanley is a young player. He's one of the he young. He's like 28. He's a top 10 NFL player, I think, when he's yeah. healthy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was our, like you said, unanimous number one last year just because of how phenomenal he was and how great that offense was in Baltimore and I was shocked to see like same thing with like Tyron Smith I was shocked to see how far they dropped on like other professional analyst boards like they didn't have him in the top five in a lot of these and like because he was hurt for he would missed half a season because he had an injury and he's been phenomenal up until then like you can't just yeah. what kind of what kind of like reputation do you want to have you're going to drop a player off like that, but I don't know. I mean, I did that with Chandler Jones, but he's also in his. I was going to say, you were just a living contradiction because you've done this many nah, times. Well, before. I still had him, you know, I, I gave my reasons, but Ronnie Stanley, I think is, you know, like you said, hasn't really had too many injury concerns at all. So I, I don't see why he won't bounce back. I mean, they did lose um, 
Did they 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 lost Orlando Yonder. Brown or, or Brown? Yeah, yeah. Because that's uh, well, that's the other. I mean, like I was saying, you realize how important offensive lineman is when he gets hurt and he's gone. Yeah. But the Ravens just had the advantage that they had. I think a very uh, you know, it was a guy I was considering for honorable mention. Um, offensive tackle playing on the right side in Orlando Brown, and they just moved him over to the left side. And he, I thought he did a great job there. And yeah. I think he's going to be in a great situation where he goes to the Chiefs, and now he's going to play that left tackle spot. And, you know, obviously he made his trade demand and, you know, you can never blame a guy, you know, he wanted to get paid and he knew that left tackles get paid more. And True. he felt that he could be a very good left tackle. And after filling in for Ronnie Stanley, you kind of feel like, you know, he's probably right. And let's be honest, he knew it. Everyone else knew in the league, the left tackle spot's going to be occupied. Ronnie Stanley, Ronnie Stanley got the bag. He's one of the best. In the, we had him as the best when he was healthy. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. So I don't blame the guy. I thought it worked out for all teams involved. The Ravens got a first-round pick for a guy that was probably going to leave anyway when he was a free agent. The Chiefs got a much-needed upgrade in their offensive line. Mm. And Orlando Brown gets to be left tackle. So I think it was a good trade for all involved. I'm excited to see what he does. But that's a – you know, you could tip your hat to Ronnie Stanley. He was the reason that Orlando Brown went to a new team because he was like, you know what, I want another opportunity, and I know it's not going to happen here because I have a superstar on the other side of the line. That's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And for everyone listening, if you didn't know – the reason left tackles tend to get paid more than right tackles is because I would say what 75, 90% of quarterbacks are right-handed. So the left side of the line is their blind side. So you, you want the better offensive lineman, offensive tackle to be your left tackle because you want the least amount of pressure coming at the blind side of the quarterback. So. Jump to Dakota. I've already mentioned this many times that the left tackles have an advantage. They get the best pass rush and they block the blind side. That's why I bumped my right tackle guys a little lower. But nonetheless, I just just let the people know. Nonetheless, just letting them know. Moving to number two, and like I said before, we I even thought about doing my rankings. I knew one and two. You could flip your coin honestly if you wanted to on these okay. guys. I wouldn't hear an argument too much. Hey, okay, fair enough. Just because obviously one's a little older, but let's be honest. Before he went on his, my number two, um, before he went on his, you know, I don't even know what to call sabbatical. I hate my employer, uh, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to say. I think he technically was a sabbatical. <laughs> yeah, it was a mixture of, you know, medical leave, but I also double birds up to also, my boss. Yeah, also F Washington. Yeah, DC. so. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we had him at number, or I had him at number 10 last year. And that was because mostly we knew he wasn't going to play, um, uh, or, or we didn't, we knew, well, he missed the season before and he right. was going to the Niners and, or, you know, we didn't, we didn't fully know what to expect from him because he missed the season before, but let's be honest. This is an elite left tackle. This is a walking hall of famer. He's a first bout hall of famer when he does mm. decide to, um, hang it up. Yeah. His, yeah. I mean. Do you want to do you want to go into the laundry list of awards that he has like this? This guy has been anchoring a line on a very, let's say, inconsistent team for his career when he was with sure. Washington. But he's an eight time pro bowler and he was a pro bowler this season. He's 32 years old. So, sure, you know, you can hold that to him. But when it comes to run blocking, he was arguably the best offensive lineman run block. He was the number one graded offensive tackle for PFF. He just narrowly beated my uh, number one guy. And I would assume yours by 0.1. <laughs> but when it comes to run blocking, he was a 91.8, which was the highest grade in the NFL with ironically, his teammate, Mike McClinchy was number two. That just kind of shows you the versatility of Kyle Shanahan offenses, but 
to miss a year and come in and just be dominant. And Trent Williams is a guy who I've always seen as one of the better like pass protectors his own career. And then to come into a run first system and then now become the best run blocking off the tackle is extremely impressive. The system, Kyle Shanahan, I would say, well, he did cut a couple of years when Shanahan was in Washington, but it's a different system to walk into when you've been, you know, a premier left tackle pass blocking um, tackle and then go in a run first system. But Guy didn't miss a beat. His pass blocking still elite. He was 85 overall grade. Um, I think that was even top 10 as well. So this guy's a superstar. His age and his future was the only thing that kind of held me back. And the fact that my number one is arguably the best pass blocking offensive lineman in the league. And let's be honest, offensive tackles are pass blocking, you know, heavy. That's kind of what they make their bread and butter off of. That's why I edged uh, my number one guy ahead of Trent Williams. Fair enough. <clears throat> so, yeah, I also had Trent Williams number two. Our list is very – this is our one of the most similar top ten lists we've had in a while, I feel like. I hate it. You know what? This has got to be one of the shortest episodes we had, too. It just shows you how much no, arguing – I think it's like, still going to be do. close to an hour, but – I miss the arguing. I, I there's See, that's the thing, though, with tackles. Like, I feel like there isn't too much arguing because it's pretty – like like I was texting you, like, top 15 is easy. Like, it's not like receivers or anything that were like you could throw in some names here and there. It's like it's pretty clear who the best tackles in the league are. Um, yeah, and like you said, yeah, Trent Williams. I had him at seven last year, um, and then yeah, that whole debacle he had with Washington, and then finally got out, finally got healthy, and showed everyone, uh, you know, that he's still one of the fucking best. So, oh, without a doubt, yeah, number two for Trent Williams, and I, I really didn't know where to put him to start, because um, I was like. Do I put him really high or do I have him like five or six? And I was like, no, I he's got to be number two because I know oh, who my number one was. Even, number one was the easiest one to, to pencil in. But. It is extremely impressive considering he's like, he's not an old guy. And but to enter like, a whole new system too. Just to roll in. And like I said, he has been in Shanahan system before in Washington. But mm-hmm. again, you know, it's been a couple of years since he's been in the Shanahan system, system and to take a year off. And then just come in and immediately, you're not good. You are elite. Like, yeah. he was easily one of the best offense tackles in football last year. Oh. And it's it's not even close. Like, he just came in and dominated. Would say he was the number two best tackle. I mean, yeah. And you know what? He got the bag. He got a well deserved bag. The Niners, yeah. I mean, the Niners, I would say, took a flyer on him, but like, come on, you knew this guy was awesome. Yeah, it's just imagine. A flyer on yeah. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't a flyer. This was him them bringing in a, a Hall of Famer and just assuming he would keep doing what he's already done before. But I'll let you bring this one up first because I'll give you this. While your Rams check at number nine last year, if one of the, after arguably one of the best offensive linemen seasons in a while, was completely inexcusable, <laughs> I will admit that my. David Bakatari at six last year may have been undervalued. Really? He came out, he came out and dominated, especially as a pass blocker this year, and proved it again. I think excelling after the year before. So I'll let you have this one because you were ahead of me on this by year. So go ahead. Who's your number one? Actually, real quick before that, just out of curiosity. So one last thing on Trent Williams. So we have obviously we've in the NFC East, we've had Trent Williams with Washington, Tyron Smith with Cowboys, and Lane with the Eagles. Who of those – do you think that the rankings as they are right now is how we would have thought they'd play out, with Trent being the best, Tyron Smith arguably second, and then Lane at third? What do you mean? Just from this year or general careers? Career. or? I see – you know, there were – 
if you talk about consistency, because obviously Trent Williams doesn't really have too much of an injury history. Mm-hmm. Like he is, I mean, before the the sabbatical slash fuck my bosses, I, I don't, you know, he I, he just he played constantly played games. Like if he was missing games, the the least amount of games he played was ten yeah. in a season. That's considering he's had a longer career than both Lane and Tyron. I think that it was weird because the Tyron and Trent Williams careers overlapped and they played the same position left tackle. I definitely think there was a couple of years where Tyron Smith was better than 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 um, Trent Williams because I, I think Tyron Smith was the best offensive tackle in football and when a couple he was years, at his prime. Yeah, he was. So I would say that you know at his peak, maybe Tyron Smith had him beat, but the consistency that Trent Williams has given you, and now this resurgence, like he just got, he just got the highest paid contract for any offensive lineman in NFL history. He's not going yeah. anywhere. He's going to dominate this list where we have Lane Johnson and Tyron Smith in the bottom end of the top ten because we don't know what their career is going to look like going forward with their injury history. So career wise, I would say it's Trent Williams, Tyron Smith, Lane Johnson. Mostly because Trent Williams, been um, his durability and his consistency, and I give him a boost from he's the only one of those three guys that has left his team, gone to a new team, and just dominated. Yeah, you know, and you got to give him credit. We said this with Jack Conklin, going to another team and being really good. You got to give him credit. Like that's hard to go to a new system like that. Coming off of when he missed a year, I think it's even more impressive he missed an entire year, came out and just dominated. So I that's that's my order if you're looking at careers from those three. All right. Yeah, I would I would probably go. I'd probably go to Tyron Smith, Trent Williams, Lane. But fair enough. Because I, I will admit when you're talking prime to prime, like their peak, I do think Trent, Tyron Smith was better than Trent Williams. But if you yeah. factor in the consistency, the injuries, uh, and the fun honestly, I mean, one let's ask this question again next year or maybe a year yeah. after that. I think Trent Williams is going to continue absolutely dominating in the system he's in. Now he's shown this just elite run block. They're all around the same age, too. So, well, yeah, but I mean, 32, 31. He's in a great system. His run blocking skills are impressive, especially in that Shanahan led offense. They'll be perfectly fine. All right. right. And that's uh, that's a wrap on Trent Williams at number two. So, Tim and I have the the exact same top three. And our number one who was my number two last year and then had an even better year. So now he's number one, because that's how math works. Uh, it's David Bakatari of the Green Bay Packers. Um, he's just consistent. I mean, I had him so high, you know, number two last year, where you had him at, what, six? Six, yes. Because, you know, he's shown how good he is, you know, past few years. And then, you know, he even built on top of that, Bakatari's run blocking last in 2019 or 2019, 2020 season was a 69.7. This past season, it went up by 17 points and they gave him an 86.7 rating. So he was already an elite level player and he improved on in one of his weaknesses. And now he's a super, what was the most common thing I said about these top five linemen consistent and they're well-rounded meaning that they can pass block and run block extremely well. So Bakatari has the whole package, you know, grades out to a 91.6 pass blocking, 91.8 overall. He's just a beast. And like for, for all the, you know, crap we give the Packers organization for not supporting Aaron Rodgers. Like at the end of the day, he has a top 10 running back, a top 10 receiver and a top, uh, let me rephrase that a top 10 running back. One of the best, if not the best receiver, and one of the best, if not the best, tackles on offense. So I was gonna say they're both unanimous number ones in our rankings. They, yeah. Adams and, and he Bakatari. and Rogers was number two in our list. So like, 
It's true. I, I listen it's shit def- together, Green Bay. <laughs> I, I definitely hear you there. And hey, I mean, and it's funny because you know, I think people just really they think like, all right, Aaron Rodgers is elite. He's a veteran quarterback. Because kind of like what I said with Brady, like Brady's so smart, he gets the ball out of his hands before any pressure comes. Rodgers is different. Rodgers is a veteran quarterback that's very smart, but he'll hold on to the ball because he will let it develop and he will throw a beautiful dime 80 yards yeah. down the field or 60 yards down the field. He's got the best Hail Mary ball and deep ball, I think, in the NFL. So he'll hold on to the ball yeah, and yeah. he needs he needs elite protection to hold him up. Dave Bakhtari is easily the number one like pass blocking off the line in my mind. Uh, yeah. Easily. He's coming off an all pro season. Uh, he was what, number one or number two overall on PFF. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to hate on his game. He's so good. And the fact that with the quarterback that he plays with, who does have a tendency to hold on to the ball yeah, is even more impressive. Ball. Yeah. It's more impressive. So um, only one sack given up too. Yeah. He's, he's, he is awesome. He's definitely deserved it. And you know, I may have said, you know, I may have had him in six, you know, that's fine. You know, these things happen. We, we if, I, if I remember correctly, you, you were something along the lines of you didn't see the hype is what you were saying. Well, hey, no. hey, I mean, I saw the hype a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, listen, listen, listen. These things happen. We educate. Don't forget you had Ram check at number nine. I will say Ram check at nine was idiotic base. But, well, let's see. I would you have Ram check at last year? Um, shit, I think I had a number two. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, coming off the season, six, he had so three, we're three spots off. I had him at nine. You had him at two. I had, you know, Bakhtari at six. Now he's at two. Or you had him at six. I had him at two. So. And you know what? I'll give him this because this is what I – no, this is what I actually killed Bakhtari on last year. And I – deservingly so. Penalties, right? Yeah, because yeah. he had 11 of them. Cut it that down to was, what, four? He did cut it down to four. That yeah. was the biggest issue. You can't like eleven penalties. That is terrible. That's you know that six holding, six holdings. The penalties. The holding, yeah, the holdings. Six holding penalties thing, is but, six sacks. But the six, holdings rough. Yeah. The way I look at it is six holding penalties is six sacks. It is t- yeah, ten yards. I mean, and don't get me wrong. He had two sacks allowed. Six holding penalties going on plus five false starts. That's too much. That's like sure. almost one sure. every other game. You know. He cut it down to four, which is a huge drop off. Eleven was the leading uh, penalty markers for for this year. Jedrick yeah. Wills led the league and with eleven penalties this year. So he went from Darbaxari went from lead leaguer to four penalties, and that's why he's number one. He deserved to be a number six, and he cleaned up the issues I had with him. Fair. I'll give him this. Listen, I Fair. maybe I was unfair at six, but he had some stuff that definitely deserved to keep him out of the top five. The penalties being the big one. You know, there was yeah, the consistency. There was – it was different. But now – and now it's obvious. He's such a good pass blocker. He's elite. He heard my concerns. He's a, he's a, he's a fan of this podcast, obviously. And he went I mean, and just fixed been, that. He's been pretty elite since he got in the league, but – Yeah, well, listen, top six, don't get me wrong. Top six, don't get this twisted, is elite. Okay. Just because he's six doesn't mean he's elite. So uh, that's, that's why I had number one. And, again – Listen, he fixed the issue that I was the biggest critic of. And 11 penalties last year would have led the league, you know, this year. So that was something that had to be adjusted, and he did. And he got, hats off to him. I'm very impressed. And he cut it down by a lot. Cut it more than a half. So very good. Um, I got to say one other thing. Did we just have the same exact top 10 players? Just in a different order, but we I had was, all the I same I was just players. thinking, I was like, did we have we had a top 10 that's been – 
the exact same players yet. And I, I, hon- I honestly hate it. I don't think we have. This. this is awful. <laughs> I mean, I had a, who was it? Taylor Lewan and uh, Mitchell Schwartz were taken out. Schwartz, obviously, because he's still a free agent. And then Lewan just because he's, you know. Yeah, I have, uh, yeah, those are the only two players I took out. Um, but yeah, Wait, I, we both we both took out the same players and we both had the same list. That's nuts. Offense stacks, I'll say this: they're the consistency is easier. It's because it there's is. not as many it stats, is. so it's it's hard. You can, I mean, shit, you can look at stats and I'll I'll use myself as a bad example. I remember oh, I had God. Kenny Galladay at number ten, and the big criticism was I had him over Odell, which I still stand by. Odell's not a top ten wide receiver. But Kenny Galladay led the league in touchdowns, and he had like 18 or 17 over two years, and he was a great touchdown machine. Is Kenny Galladay a top 10 receiver? Definitely Mm. not. But, you know, you can can contort the stats to say something then, you know, instead of what it actually is. Offensive tackles is a little harder. It's what it is, you know. They usually, to be a good offensive tackle, you usually have to be on a good team. You'll notice the theme with our list is most of them are on good teams, besides for a couple. But most good teams have a good offensive line. Um, and you know, then you base around like, but Bakatari, I, you know, he was the left tackle to a MVP winning quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Browns had the leading rushing attack last year. And I had one of their linemen there. It's just, you know, it, it's success kind of equals out for the offensive lineman. So it's kind of hard to, you know, get behind something, uh, and take a stat and contort it to make it sound a little bit better than it actually is. So I hate the fact that you. I, uh, what can I say, Mr. Vocab? I hate the fact that we had 10 guys all the same in different orders. There was very minimal arguing. I don't uh, like that. I mean, not even like different orders, though, because top three was the same. Uh, four and five were pretty close to your five and six. We had the same eight, nine, ten, just in different orders. We had say, yeah. So really, it was just Jack Conklin and uh, who was it? It was Ramchek, Tunzel, and Con- Conklin were the little uh, deviations. But oh, I don't. Wow. So we had the same. Either so, either uh, we're both really smart or we're both really stupid. <laughs> so I don't know. I could definitely tell you. I always saw myself as being on the smart side, and you on the other side. But now that we matched up, I can't really bring you down. Jesus. But hey, all right. You know what? Listen, this was good. This was peaceful. It's good to have a peaceful episode every once in a while. You know, is it? To, it's not yeah, as fun. I know. I know. Trust me. I use this as my therapy session. Just yell at you over mm. stupid stuff. Classic. Well, uh, all right. It was a good list for what it was worth. So it was a good list. So, hey, we're here. Preseason games are over. Three game preseason uh, is finished. Yeah, I forgot that it was only three this year. And I was like looking up the Eagles fourth game because I barely got to watch any of the third game. Yeah, I didn't get to. I didn't I haven't watch a single preseason game. And uh, obviously, you know, we were supposed to go to that open practice. It got canceled for a not, you know, a make believe hurricane. <laughs> yeah, it's but, tough. But hey, what can you do? We're almost there. We got one more position group, and then we do our preview, and then, baby, it's time. It's time for some NFL I, I I just can't wait to hear Al Michaels' sweet voice again. It just because that that'll be it. That'll be how I know I'm back. You're not wrong. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for was it September seventh or eighth is the first uh, Thursday game yeah. of the season. So we've got uh, two episodes before that, and I'm excited. My we got the safeties to finish, and then obviously my favorite episode every year. I like the season preview because I like to run it back and see where I was correct and where we were wrong. It's been a pleasure as always. All right, peace out. Peace out.